In the darkest depths of the Twist My Arm Network, there were three nerdy dudes. But they were no ordinary dudes. These dudes were Marvel fanboy dudes. They bleed Marvel. If there was ever a time for these three nerdy dudes to come out of the shadows and spew all their Marvel chunks, it was the year 2021. We are the Marvel Canon Madness Podcast. Marvelous monsters to another edition of Marvel Canon Madness. Uh, we're not going to waste too much time. We're already starting a little bit later than usual. So I'm just going to go ahead and welcome in my co host, Roy. Hello there. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, it's, it's going good. It's a good. lot of projects going on, a lot of future things coming down the pipeline. Staying busy, um, yeah. I'm. I couldn't ask for more right now. We're there's so much going on. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, well, I know a few of the things that are coming down the pipeline. There's some exciting stuff mm. in the works. I'm pretty stoked for it myself. Um, we are without Josh at the moment, but he will be joining us at about midway through, hopefully, ideally. Uh, in mm. theory, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of random news. Uh, nothing specific that I want to talk about. It's all just all just the same speculation. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure it's Spider-Man, but you know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, a lot of it going on. Uh, a lot of leaks coming out, supposedly. Supposedly. Like, uh, there was supposedly fan art that came out, or not fan art, um, what's it called? Uh, concept. concept art. Yeah, concept art came out. And supposedly in the the concept art, uh, Tom Holland is fighting Electro, but in the corner you can see it cut off a hand like it's not the entire scene of another Spider-Man. Who knows? Could be completely fake, could be real. At this point, it's anybody's guess. Um, the the soundtrack supposedly released, and it sounds like it encompasses all three orchestral versions of Spider-Man in one big climactic, you know, ending song. Ah, uh-huh. that's well. There you go. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, that'll be cool so to it's... see. Cool to hear. Well, everywhere yeah yeah hmm. yeah wow gosh well it's been uh, yeah it's been, been a, a little weeks. bit yeah it's been a little bit hectic you know just uh holiday season man gotta prep for one holiday finish up 
one holiday. They're yeah. all just they're all just coming around the bend. Um, but I've been excited about Hawkeye, excited to talk about Hawkeye. Uh, I think we're going to cut it off to three episodes tonight. We're going to discuss the first three episodes, mm-hmm. hold off and uh, talk about a few more the next time we go around. Um, yeah. Yeah, overall, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's pretty good. I didn't really like the direction they took Clint Barton originally, so uh, I'm really enjoying seeing Kate Bishop be a little bit more comic accurate. See, and I think that's where we kind of disagree is, like, I kind of liked Clint Barton as what they portrayed him as. Um. But then again, he's he's also not a frontliner in the comics. I mean, he's there, but he's never in the forefront. He's support, and it's I, except for his own series. I don't know. I don't know, man. He's the one that killed Bruce Banner. Like, like I said, it's cute when it comes to the Avengers which is how people were introduced to him in the show and everything. Mm-hmm. He's not a front frontman. He is the shadows much like how that's true. Black widow wasn't exactly a front front lady. I mean, yeah. look at how she was introduced in iron man too. true as a secretary, you know, people probably didn't pick it up if they'd never read a comic that that's black widow, you know? Yeah. So, it's a spy yeah. game. Yeah, I think it's a branding issue. <laughs> but, uh, really? No, not uh, really. In the comics, he has a super distinct costume. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a branding issue. I've always liked Hawkeye, but um, it's, I don't know. My version, Hawkeye in my mind doesn't have a wife and kids. So like that was, that was a pretty weird, pretty, pretty big departure for Hawkeye as a character. But uh, I don't know. That was my only like real gripe about MCU Hawkeye. I and honestly, I think that's what made me kind of like him more. Is that he was a family man. It gave personally, it gave me something to relate to in a hero, and that's what comics are supposed to do: give you a small attachment, nothing huge. You know, oh, this is me. No. It's something I can relate to, to a hero, to grasp on and actually like the hero. Yep. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, God, opening moments of the show were pretty funny. Like, I feel like Hawkeye overall has been pretty, pretty funny at its mm. moments. It's had some good laughs. Uh opening scene where Kate scales her school and takes down a clock tower. That was pretty, uh, that's pretty memorable. Uh, caught off guard by the anticlimactic, uh, first arrow, just panging off of it. I thought, I thought it was immediately going to crash and burn. And then she's like, Nope, I gotta, I got this, you know, and creates a trick arrow. Yep. Yeah. Which was a, a good lead into, the show definitely mm-hmm. uh, can't say I'm a huge fan uh, of Kate Bishop. 
Uh, Jesse says, do you, do we think Hawkeye gets his wings by the end of, or, uh, yes and no. Like, I think he'll get the wings on like the helmet for his classic costume look. (laughs) So he'll have the wings on his helmet, but, um, I don't know. I think when they kill him off, he's not going to go to heaven. So I don't think he's going to get his wings in that aspect. Um, fast forwarding into the, the show, the LARP was probably one of my favorite parts. Of course um, it was. I'm sorry. It's, it's live action role play. Um, but mm-hmm. Do I think he's going to get his wings? Uh, I think if he ever goes back to LARP, yeah, he'll he'll probably wear a costume that has the the Violet Avenger. I want him to grow physical wings, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's comic book accurate. No, this is a uh, Hawkeye, not Hawkman. You got your universes mixed up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a variant world. Mm. <laughs> so, what do you think of Rogers the musical? <laughs> that's our first view of uh, Clint in this series is uh, him uh, taking the family out. I think I enjoyed Rogers the musical as much as Clint did. Did you? I I love Broadway. I love musicals, but immediately when I saw that, I wanted to chuck my controller at the screen because I'm like, Ant-Man wasn't there. And then he points it out and I'm like, thank you. Did you notice? uh, Oh man, there were so many, like so many funny little, some of the lyrics to the songs were hilarious. Did you notice that Nick Fury has an Afro? Like, yeah. Too funny. Uh, Too funny. Loki is wearing a top hat instead of just giving him a crown with large horns. Yeah. So there, yeah. there is. Oh, and Ant Man is a Asian man who is like a foot and a half shorter than everyone else. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. what's the word? Um, ironic or satirical. Was, I don't know. I thought, oh man, that was funny. I thought it was really funny. The Rogers musical cracked me up. Thanos was right. <laughs> like the meme is a real thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like no, drinking the- from a Thanos was right mug later on too. Like it's a pervasive thing. And it's it's funny how Thanos was right relates to our real world right now. Like, so many people are just like, yep, yep, I completely agree. And now we're getting to see that stuff in the Marvel Universe with people, um, you know, basically painting it on building, like, tagging buildings with it and stuff like that. You see groups that are actively starting to uh, cult follow, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that that's that's definitely a a forefront that I think we're going to start seeing in other series. 
you know, I think we're going to see super villains coming forward based on that. It's hmm. an interesting, it's uh, an interesting theory. I can't just uh, can't discount that. Hmm. Hmm. So the Rogers musical and then uh, Clint getting pestered by some dude while he's trying to use the bathroom. It's like not a good time, man. Yeah, no, that's, and once again, that's an everyday occurrence for, you know, movie stars. You know, mm-hmm. I like that they brought that in as well. I mean, can you imagine um, Johnny Depp going into a bathroom just in a Walmart? Somebody's going to follow him. You know, somebody will follow him into the bathroom and, you know, hey, can I get a selfie? Or, you know, slide the phone underneath the, the partition of the stool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, we should bring that comment up real quick. Jesse, uh, Jesse I says, I don't want to. <laughs> have we seen the power broker in this show? It seems like her level of activity. We have not yet, but, um, give it, give it a couple episodes. We're supposed to have, uh, supposed to have a big reveal that's going to light the internet on fire so i think it's kingpin but you know it could be a little agent 13 action coming back into play good um and you know with uh charlie cox being confirmed uh to be returning and reprising the role of matt murdoch the daredevil Mm -hmm. by kevin feige himself that leads uh or lends a huge uh credence to Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Kingpin. So, and I, I want to take a second to apologize for my voice. I have a little bit of a head cold, you know, so if you see me coughing on screen, but you don't hear me, you know why. That's funny. Good old editing. uh, Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Doesn't seem to be too bad. Hopefully your voice like stays strong throughout, but uh, yeah, so far you're doing good. Chicken broth. It's the way to be. It's the way to be. Oh, gosh. So what happened next? We get our first introduction to the swordsman. Did you catch that? Jack Duquesne in the next scene. Yeah. um, I believe that is what? That's that's, that's a Thunderbolt watch? Thunderbolt watch. Yes, indeed. He is from one of my favorite periods of the thunderbolts when like norman osborne was in charge of everything uh, mm-hmm. and he brings in some more hardened killers to the team because like that current lineup of thunderbolts was they were all becoming a little bit too soft and heroic so norman osborne had to bring in some real killers so he brings in swordsman um interesting character in the comics i don't think they're gonna <clears throat> i don't think they're gonna bring in the whole uh mutant aspect into it because like he's a mutant in the comics but i doubt they do that yeah um do we know what time period this takes place is this before eternals after eternals uh during spider-man before spider-man so this is even yeah so this is supposed to be two years after Everybody comes back from the snap. Uh, I think Spider-Man is 
a couple months after and Eternals was like at the same time. So I think like Eternals and Spider-Man were a few months after. And then uh, like, like I believe I read somewhere that Hawkeye is taking place two years after everybody gets snapped back. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is our current timeline. So this is actually our first peek at like, current time marvel universe how it so is all the yeah. other ones yeah all the other ones were like situated in different points so loki took place like instantly like during yeah. endgame um falcon and winter soldier took place like real shortly after that um yeah hmm. because if this is two years after uh, they have done a good job of not mentioning any of the uh, affirmation events that have happened either. Yeah. And you would think the Eternals would be still making headlines, even right. if it's like a year ago, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't you think that like with no explanation, there would just be some, like there would have to be like random cults to like this massive hand and face that erupted out of the ocean. Like, I don't know. Seems mm. weird. But yeah, I feel like I read somewhere this is like two years after and everything else took place. Everything else that we've seen so far was like a couple months later. Mm. Um, and I also wanted to take a second to thank Jesse for stopping by and chat. Jesse is one of the great hosts of Sudden But Inevitable on the Twist My Arm Network. Uh, their latest episode was reviewing a movie called Logan's Run, which I personally have never seen. I don't know anything about, but I look forward to hearing the episode as soon as I can get through a few more of my podcasts that I'm piling up. Uh, so if you haven't taken a, a look at the sudden, sudden but inevitable crew yet, uh, go take a look at them. You can find them on twistmyarmnetwork.com or... You can find them at Sudden Butt on Twitter. Uh, there's a few mm -hmm. other places to find them, but those are two of the most prevalent. Uh, Jesse is very active on Twitter, so go check them out. <laughs> yeah, I I can't believe you've never seen Logan's Run. There's a it's... lot of things I've never seen. Labyrinth. You've I'm never seen huge, Labyrinth? I'm a huge D&D uh, high fantasy nerd, and I've never seen Labyrinth. Uh, wow. I've never seen Donnie Darko. That was brought up lately. Yeah. So yeah, I there's mean, a there's they're gonna. I think they're going to watch that at some point on SBI. But uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's not the only the only way that I would hop on that as a guest is if they needed somebody to just bash and bash and bash because Donnie Darko is just not where it's at. <laughs> Uh, speaking of movies I haven't seen, uh, I have to admit I'm a bad Marvel fan. I have not seen Venom 2 yet. Yeah, um, me neither. I'm not sure I'm going to until it is released on DVD. Uh, um, I don't... They, so too they put much it of on it was Prime, spoiled. Yeah, they put it on Prime Video. So now, like, the copy is like blu-ray quality so mm. yeah we'll make sure and get you that 
But yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. Like I've got it on a flash drive, but I haven't watched it. Whoops. Yeah. Um. So with Hawkeye, uh, I find that each episode, each episode, it is brought up, and they are leaning. They are using. I feel like they're using it as a crutch. They keep talking about Natasha Romanoff and how it was his best friend. And, you know, I get it. You lost your friend, all that kind of jazz. You lost your family and he's still recovering. But to me, it seems from my point of view that they're almost playing it off like he had a deeper love for Romanoff than he did his wife. Like he does his wife uh, or his family. And it might just be because, you know, he was there when she died and he wasn't there when his family died. He still went through all kinds of dark shit and she saved him. But I, it seems like they're, they're really leaning into it, and it's probably because we know that we're going to get uh, White Widow in this series. Um, yeah. Um, since we know... I feel like... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I feel like it's also foreshadowing, because I feel like we're definitely going to get like a mirror scene where like Clint sacrifices himself to save Kate in like the exact same fashion that Nat sacked herself um mm-hmm. see so i feel, feel like, like they keep that, like they keep foreshadowing they keep setting it up i feel like that would be bad writing though i mean you're gonna start um our young avenger off with severe ptsd of her mentor just being killed right in front of her every i mean single... that that's like the basis of every superhero but it just I don't feel like the new generation should go in to the movies losing. I think they should go into the movies with something to protect instead. Mm. It's the same reason I don't think they're actively going to kill off Mary Jane in the new movie of Spider-Man, you know, and that movie, it seems like his focus is on saving people, not letting people die. So, I don't oh, feel man. like Tom Holland signed on for three more Spider-Man movies. Yes. So, like, I don't think they kill Mary Jane off. Yeah. I think we see Mary Jane in a suit at some point. That would be mm, so cool. That. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, Kate, I feel like Clint's gonna get his happy ending, and he's gonna come. He's finally going to come to terms terms with everything. And he is going to kind of portray the old man Barton persona where he trains a new generation. He's, I think he's going to be the new Natasha kind of like the behind the scenes for the Avengers, you know, information, mm. all that no longer running the missions, but there to give them the pep talk kind of thing. That's he'd be a good lead. He'd be a good head of the Young Avengers if they assembled him. Yeah, yeah. We might like, yeah. 
It's possible. It's possible. I don't think so, though. I Maybe. think we're killing off Clint. I think we're killing off Clint. Absolutely, dude. Every episode, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break my promise. I'm gonna be there for Christmas." Nah, I, I, I feel like they put him in a box at the end of the show. You don't and, think they're uh, gonna do the Christmas miracle and him show up to be there with his family? Man. Uh, I, I don't, man. I don't agree with it. I think he is. I think they're going to, because this is kind of a Christmassy show, I think he's going to be there the day of Christmas morning. All right. All right. So if it was, if it was comics and not Disney, I feel like we're killing off Clint, but you might be right. You might be right. It's Disney and it's Christmas. They might not, they might not want to give him the ax right now. I mean, we could make a we'll bet see. on this that whether he's going to die or not, but, no, I still owe a. Uh, <laughs> I still, still owe me a Superman, Superman costume. Cosplay. Yeah. So yeah. that was going to be your I, Christmas episode gift. Well, thanks for spoiling it. <laughs> Interesting. I think Jesse has a point there. Uh, I bet Hawkeye gets to be the only Avenger to retire regular style, and I agree. What? I, Steve I Rogers already got to retire. No, no, he grew not old. really. He grew old. You know how stressful that woman. probably was for him? I mean, Peggy is a ball buster. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you know how stressful it probably was to go back in time? And I think College Humor did a, I think it was College Humor, did a short on this of where he's sitting there with Peggy Carter and she's like, oh, JFK just got assassinated. And Steve is just like, stuffing his face with rolls so he doesn't talk <laughs> and like oh we're going to vietnam uh, this is going to be a quick and easy war all right <laughs> you know that's funny yeah all the bad things <laughs> that happened and steve had to sit through it technically that's like, that's that really kind of makes him a villain like, point of view that's really funny <laughs> i think i don't think steve got to retire regularly <laughs> I think he got probably the worst That's funny. punishment of it. He got to be happy somewhat, but mentally he was probably being Captain America. He is all for saving people and doing the right thing. And he totally turned a blind eye. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like, but that's it, a really interesting point of view. That's funny. Like I had That's, not considered that aspect. Like he's just oh, yeah. It's oh, it's basically an alternate timeline if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, so he probably got pruned, but I mean, maybe, there's that. Maybe. You know, the time time brigade went back and got him. Ah, Loki might have messed him up before they had a chance to go back and prune that one. <laughs> it was all Simon cast. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, we got hmm. uh, Pizza Dog, uh, the one-eyed Christmas dog. Yeah, I pizza like that dog. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's CG, by the way. They just uh, CGI'd his other eye closed. He, the dog itself, has two eyes for sure. Hmm. Just interesting. They didn't get a one-eyed dog. They actually like just CG'd it. Yeah. Well, when you have the budget. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'm sure it's going to do some crazy, like, training nonsense later on. 
they already had it fight off a dude. So true. Uh, what about so? We also got we find out Kate, uh, Kate is rich because her mother owns this huge um, security firm, mm-hmm. uh, and she's hosting. I, now, do you think the mom is aware that she is hosting a black market exchange in the basement of her place? Or is that her place that they're at? They're, it's not her place that they're at. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure yet. I can like. I feel like they want us to think that. So I'm not sure if that's actually the case. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if Jack actually murdered his uncle. Like, I feel like <laughs> she may have been the one to perpetrate that. Who knows? Because, like, I don't know. Kate was all oh. sus when she was like, he gave me a butterscotch. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the dude's uncle. He probably pick, He's probably picked up a butterscotch off that table every day for the last 30 years. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's really, like, and and they're like Werther's probably, so they never go bad. Yeah, they're monogrammed, but like, <laughs> yeah, he's all he he's in the dude's house a lot. Like uh, it's his uncle or like godfather or whatever. Like that's all know. his uncle does is he he uh he doesn't actively get his own candies, he just unwraps Werther's and then wraps his own uh branded wrappers around him. Yeah. Um but we we saw that the auction was going off, and we got the Ronin suit popped up, and Kate had no idea what this was when uh. she picked it up. She threw it on. Uh, Jack stole the sword, and I believe it the trench coat or not trench coat track suit mafia. Uh, I almost yeah. I almost just did that. <laughs> yeah, the track suit mafia. They. Uh... They're looking for a watch, apparently. Yeah, and now, do you think this is the Tony Stark Iron Man watch that he turned the thing and the nanobots came out of? Nah. What do you think this the relevance of this watch is? This watch has to be something that happened before Endgame, because like it was in the wreckage of the avengers compound so like mm-hmm. this is something that people f- like found after thanos bombed the hell out of them um i don't know i'm assuming the watch has like a micro cheap or like some sort of a sd card inside of it um but i feel who like who else wore a rolex I mean, beyond Tony, I mean, who else wore a, a Rolex? That's like, I don't know. That's like standard fancy gift. I feel like if you get, if you save the world and you get like invited to a banquet or like, I know, like you're going to have a couple Rolexes. People gift those out. <laughs> it's Steve Rogers and it has his location on the moon. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's possible. Nah, I feel like it probably points the finger at the fact that. Linda, his wife, helped him in his Ronin-ing. Um, and so I feel like he needs to get it back. Well, Otherwise, Linda's going to get murked. Linda couldn't have helped him in the uh, Ronin-ing. She was blip. Oh, my God. 
God, you're right. Jeez. I totally overlooked that. You're right. 100%. I'm dumb. So who uh, would it point out? And I have no idea then. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I, the only person I could think of is that it might be Tony's nanobite watch or nanobot watch. Um, that's like, I don't know the dialogue that he was telling Kate. It's like Kate. made it sound like it. Like, I don't know. The the dialogue made it seem like the watch is going to, like, tie somebody to Ronan and get them killed. But, like, no idea who that would be. Yeah, because Natasha's gone. Um, I mean, it could be Rhodey, maybe? I don't think, honestly, I feel like if it was an Avenger, he's not going to care. Like, because... Like, I don't know. Who cares if it's War Machine? Like, good luck. Have fun. Like, yeah, go go take it up with War Machine. Good luck. He's like... I'd say maybe Bruce, but we know that Bruce is... He's just living life as the Hulk right now. Nobody's really going to mess with him. Um, gosh. That eliminates... I mean, Nick Fury did have a watch, but, like, Nick Fury is around. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and maybe. again, honestly, who cares? Like, if you're, like, good luck going after Nick Fury, bro. Like, you'd have better luck going after Cap. Like, I don't know. You'd have better luck going after Banner. Like, Nick Fury is not to be trifled with. You know, maybe it points that Nick Fury's alive because a lot of people think that he's dead. Oh, right? maybe, maybe, because publicly he is. Because, I mean, during Civil War, wasn't he off the off the grid? And yeah, then, I mean, he's like, yeah, he's. I think, I'm he never sure came he's back dead. until he had to call Captain Marvel. Well, he called her and then he dusted. Yeah. I don't know. This is that. That actually makes me want to watch the episode more to see if there's any clues to it. Because I feel like we're missing something huge. Um, so we got... We know that Kate isn't accomplished everything. Um, martial artist, archery, um, you name it. She's pretty much done it. She has the accolades for it. But I felt I felt it was kind of funny that when she got into the fight with the tracksuit mafia, uh, she kind of got her ass handed to her. Like a little bit. She's okay one on one, but she does not have the experience. And I think being with Clint is going to quickly pick that up. You know, yeah. I. It felt like she got her ass handed to her really easily. I mean, she did okay. Part of it's the better, like better than what I could probably do in that situation. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I feel part of it's uh she's a kid and that was like her first big fight. Like it once like I don't know, once it really sinks in that the stakes are high, you stop like you stop swinging to injure people and you start swinging to incapacitate them. So like shot to the kneecap. Yeah, bro. Like instead of a punch to the jaw, like you punch him right in the throat. Like mm. I don't know. 
I don't know. She'll learn. <laughs> breaking it's someone's like, hand doesn't seem as bad. That fight kinda, scene in episode three was awesome, dude. That was like a full on like 30 minute action sequence. It was badass. Now, in the first episode, Clint had just rec- uh, rescued her after mm-hmm. the black market explosion and the tracksuit mafia coming in and stealing everything. And that's where the episode end is, is with him going to punch her, pulling down the mask, seeing it's a girl, and he's like, what did he say? He was come like, on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where it ended. Then we went into episode two, and I believe that's where she took him to her apartment. Yeah. Which she had yep. gone to previously. To drop off There's, the pizza yeah. dog. And then they they followed her. It's like, yeah, she's got a, lear- a lot to learn about being a spy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Like, yeah, there's no way they followed me. Like, we're we're cool. Yeah, you didn't uh, you didn't go anywhere before that. Well, I mean, I dropped off the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's inexperienced. Yeah. Um, she tries to get him w- to uh, autograph the bow. Yeah. Can you sign this? Like That was pretty classic. And I think that's part of the reason I... Like, honestly, I'm not really into Kate Bishop's character. I think she's, she's quirky, which is fun. She brings a whole new dynamic to the, the show. But at the same time, I find myself constantly going... You're supposed to be, you know, an Olympian level um, athlete and super smart, but you're doing all these dumb things. <laughs> Nobody said she was super smart. Kate Bishop is not like she has never been characterized as super smart. She is well, like she's right there on par with Hawkeye. And honestly, MCU Hawkeye is a lot smarter than comics Hawkeye. Like they make him, they make him all like crafty and super spy esque. In the, like, I feel like they mix up him and Black Widow's character in the MCU, and it's like, I don't know. Kate Bishop's like she's really on point for the comic. Like I'm really digging Kate Bishop. See, but to be someone of that caliber, to be able to shoot a bow like that you have to be smart because you have to know trajectory and all that. And I guess, yeah, it comes naturally to some people, but she still mentally got to understand all of those scenarios. You would think that that would still give her the foresight to, Oh, I'm just going to go drop off the dog, not do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not call out the murderer right you know right when you see him oh we're just we're just gonna uh we're gonna fence we're gonna fence you know she's trying to get information but she's being too forward about it Mm -hmm. and i know that's her character but it's like pull it back it is it's yeah it is young and dumb it's like in the comics, at one point, she goes out to L.A. to be a private investigator. That's like 100% how it goes for her. It's just like bumbling from one thing to the next. Just <laughs> pretty funny. No, I, uh, I like it. I feel like the fact that she's got all these trophies really like 
it's not all about just having random skills. Like when you're actually like in it, it's a whole different, like it's a whole different mindset and a whole different beast. Like, Mm. I don't know. She's got the skills that pay the bills, but like as soon as she gets an adventure or two under her belt and gets like that killer instinct, she'll be a, she'll be a machine. She's always been one of my favorites. I like Kate Bishop. See, and I guess for the show, like I don't have a whole lot of personal knowledge about Kate Bishop as a comic book character. I haven't read a ton of her stuff. I haven't read a ton of Hawkeye stuff. Just weren't some of my favorite characters. Never really paid attention to it. But um, with her in the show, I'm starting to get the feeling like maybe she didn't actually earn some of those rewards, those medals, because... Mm -hmm. I mean, she blew up a clock tower, bell tower, and we don't see any repercussion from it except for your credit cards cut off. Well, she got kicked out of school, but, you know, mom bailed her out. I mean, yeah, I, you know, maybe like, mom has been paying for some of those trophies. Mm-hmm. On the sly. Oh, yeah, my daughter's good. You know, here's here's your next tuition of, you know, yeah. your new, buy you a new auditorium. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think she's that rich. I mean, she's got to be pretty wealthy, but she's no Tony Stark wealthy. I, I don't know. They got it. I feel like they have that generational wealth. Cause she said that like they live in a penthouse that like her great great grandpa built. Like he built the building. So like I don't know. They got that. They got that old money. We'll see where that goes. Uh, episode two, we also, I believe, got Maya, right? Is the first place we met her. Because yeah, at we the got... very end, because uh, Hawkeye decides to get himself captured. Mm-hmm. And Kate bumbles it again. It's going to rescue him. <laughs> uh, I loved how they they had to have been sitting on the, the, the rocket. What was it? A horse machine? Those rockets, uh, the rocking horses. Mm-hmm. They had to be sitting on those for so long. Yeah. And I, I like how they are honestly playing up uh, Clint's deafness. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had lost his hearing aid and all that. Um, he quite could, couldn't quite understand um, Maya. And she made Maya made a super stupid mistake by cutting his uh, tape so that he could sign to her, mm-hmm. you know, and then the guy that retaped him was an idiot and taped his hands behind his back, you know, so you can't see him working at it. Yep. Uh, it was. I don't know. I thought it was the it was so funny to me that they were just probably sitting on those rocking horses for hours while Echo is in the room just you know busting a beat to the the sound, you know, the vibrations that she can hear or feel. Yeah. I think Yeah. And and Echo's like I don't know. The backstory She's, we get for her in like episode three is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um It'll be a cool reveal when we find out like who her actual boss is, but uh, who Uncle is. Yeah, I feel like we. I feel like we've met him before, but uh, the, it'll the be boy, interesting 
when they reveal the it. The voice did sound very familiar. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like I feel like he's gonna be a big guy, maybe bald. I think we need to like take actual live photos of Vincent D'Onofrio's hands and compare them to. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not gonna go that far. Did he have but... rings? <laughs> The kingpin always has rings. They're a symbol of power, you know, in most cultures. So um, I could fully see uh, kingpin being a thumb ring and pinky ring kind of person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, like, I feel like that's going to be like the boss. But I also mm -hmm. had the thought, like, maybe kingpin's the one pulling Val's strings. Or maybe Val's pulling Kingpin's strings, and she's the one that got him out of jail. I don't, mm. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think, I think we're definitely gonna see Kingpin. Like, it's all but been confirmed. Um, mm. It'll be a really we, fun reveal. We got the connection between Maya and Hawkeye, which was Ronan killed her father. And she's been harboring the vendetta ever since. Um, you also get to see a great... We we get to see probably the strongest character in the MCU uh, during Maya's background as well. Uh, when she's in the karate class and um, the kid that had to fight her came up. You know, and I I think he pulled his punches. I think he did. Um, I think he, you let her. Let I think you let her win. Hmm. Yeah, the way he rolled his eyes. Maybe I feel like he was more like, "Oh, I can't believe, uh, can't believe I got to, uh, can't believe I got to fight this chick." What a pushover! Jesse says. You gents have any rings? I got myself a three-time fantasy football championship ring that I'll toss on when I'm feeling arrogant. Uh, no, Jesse, I don't have any rings beyond my wedding ring, which I haven't been wearing because I broke my hand. So mm -hmm. I don't uh, have any like I don't have any rings that I wear on my hands. Yeah. Uh, if I could pull it off, I would totally probably wear the presentation rings. But I feel like if you do that, you gotta wear the tuxedo. Um, and you gotta have the cane. I at least have a cane. Um, <laughs> but um, I feel like every time we've seen Kingpin in the comics, he's wearing more rings than just one. Yeah. Get probably a DM ring. Let's see here. Um, so I felt like Maya's dad was actually kind of a genuine good guy, but it, I didn't think that if it is Kingpin, it's got to be more of an adoption type of brother to be called uncle, or he had to have been really, really close with Kingpin. And Kingpin doesn't generally get close to anybody. So that's that's kind of a, a 
a throw, you know, throws me off of that theory. Yeah. I mean, the way they, and maybe they're going to change the way Vincent D'Onofrio plays Kingpin if he comes back. Because um, Kingpin was very methodical, but he he seemed... I'm trying to think of a, a way to say it. To me, he seemed like he might have autistic traits, and a lot of great geniuses in the world do uh, show up on the spectrum. There are many people that are, you know, leagues upon of anything that anyone else can do, but it leaves them short somewhere else, it seems like. And I think the way Vincent D'Onofrio portrayed Kingpin was very akin to that. Um, With the painting mm -hmm. and the the staring at the walls. I could see that. Uh, But it just doesn't strike me that Maya's father and him were actively as close. Um, But I do feel like we're going to see the uncle at some point. And... Jack Duquesne, how how old do you think he would have been during that time? During the yeah, uh... during Maya's childhood, because she's probably in her twenties now. I would assume. Character wise, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'd say Jack's probably in his fifties. So he could have been uncle. Jack could have been uncle. It's possible. Um, Plus, if Jack disappeared during the blip, he's younger. Yeah. So I I feel like neurodivergent is the word I was looking for. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, sometimes my vocabulary is not up to par of what my mind is thinking. Cool. So I, I feel like there's a lot of holes in that theory that it's kingpin but that's seems to be the consensus there's got yeah there's got to be a kingpin link probably somewhere i think maybe i mean there's an also like there's i don't know it's so weird like that i mean if spider-man and hawkeye were actually like sharing a time like happening at the same time it would be extra interesting because the movie releases before the show ends mm-hmm. but i don't pretty sure like i said this is going to be like a year and a half after that takes place so uh what so we then get what you described as one of the best action scenes in a long time, like a 30 minute car chase slash fight scene. Dude, it was awesome. Um, It was so good. I was, I was genuinely surprised by the end of the action sequence. I was so surprised because it was like genuinely like 30, 40 minutes. I was like, bro, this is awesome. The whole episode has been just like crazy action. You know, and I don't know if I would consider it a, long expansive fight scene because i mean there was only a couple punches or kicks thrown at certain points and we know that that 
I'm done. Okay. But so, yes, the car chase was amazing. And they used a lot of really cool cinematography with how this went down. The panning uh, around the inside of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be like super hard to do and keep other cameras, you know, outside the vehicle at at a range yeah and the fact that we haven't seen any like oh you know there's a camera or a boom mic right there is amazing it, it shows the degree even for a uh, streaming show that marvel is willing to go to with their production I was uh, I was thinking the same thing. Like they, it does not seem like they've pulled any punches as far as like the budget. Like this has mm, been top notch. I, I and I agree full heartedly with like every show they put out: WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Loki. Now has all been cinema grade. I mean, like you could go to a movie theater and watch this stuff. I, yeah, it's been. And the graphics for the Pym Arrow were... That was the best. That was the best. <laughs> I I like the trick arrows. We get to see a larger variety of his trick arrows in this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're not done seeing them. I feel like he's got a few others. Oh, yeah. Did you catch the really good nod to um, the What If series? I don't... Not sure. The I USB did. arrow. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. The USB arrow. Yep, yep. Touche. You're right. You know, you're right. Why do for you sure. have a that USB was definitely, arrow? You better shoot a dongle arrow that makes this useful. <laughs> it was, was just that was a good throwback. Yep, you're right. Good catch. Yeah. So we got the purple, the purple goop arrow, mm -hmm. which uh, is supposed to prevent um, visual. Or block out cameras. Uh, we got the what other arrows? We got the the force explosion. Well, I think the I think they're arrow? super. I think they're super adhesive too, because he tells her to shoot the goop arrow at their tires. So I think mm -hmm. it's like super adhesive as well. And so she just like didn't know. So yeah, right. so she blocks their sight with it. But like, I think it's supposed to like <laughs> glue their tires down, basically. Okay. We saw the uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man arrow shoots it at the front of the van, and it just like shoots out a bunch of strings to stop a train. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starts grabbing Christmas trees and like strapping them to the truck. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack they like hop in the car and it's playing. Uh, I think the Nutcracker Suite. Like all the all the Christmas music has been pretty funny. Yeah. Trying to think of what a, we got the the kinetic burst arrow that she fired. Didn't we also get an explosive arrow? Yeah, the explosive arrow that like just torched the like torches this van out. Just mm -hmm. she's like, there's four more arrows that are more dangerous than this. <laughs> uh, and then he starts grabbing arrows, and he's like, "Not this one. Nope, not, not this one. one. Definitely. Oh, definitely not, not this one." Um, but we see the. The suction cup one, which we eventually get to see the reason for that <laughs> when they uh, when they have to escape via train, mm -hmm. and they 
uh, suction to the top of it. Uh, my question, I guess, is the the PIM arrow. They fire a normal arrow, and this is great coordination on their point uh, because they they stop the car. Clint grabs the PIM arrow. She fires the high arcing regular arrow. He shoots the PIM arrow. It expands. It enlarges, and I mean, it slams into the middle of that bridge. Uh, with the weight of that arrow, how did it not break supports? Um, you know, how many people did they just kill? Because <laughs> you know, there's there. How are they going to avoid people below? They're not going to know that there's a car right next to one of their vehicles that's the tracksuit mafias are driving. Um, and I'm I'm probably thinking way too far in. Well, I don't think there was. Um, see, like they had just broke in front of like a tra little traffic jam that was starting to move. So like, mm -hmm. and when they got on there, like all these other cars like swerved and crashed out of the way. So I feel like the truck was the only thing on the road there. And I think he knew that the arrow wouldn't like punch through the concrete. But it did. It's just well, I mean, how, it might to like what extent did like it a, go yeah, through? I mean, it made like a little dent. You're right. Yeah. And now they, you know, uh, in standard Avenger fashion, just caused millions of dollars of collateral damage. You know, the city has insurance. Don't worry. They do, but <laughs> nobody's looking for Hawkeye or Kate Bishop after this, besides the tracksuit mafia. I'm. Yeah. I know I'm looking way too far into this and it's just supposed to be an adventure to ride along, but it's like, there, there's still things, you know, the police are going to want to question them, you know? Yeah. I think there's traffic cams. They yeah. might've been seen. So it's like, why aren't people that are involved with Clint coming to say, Hey, what's going on? Why can't we help? Because it's a solo adventure. It's true. That's true. And really that's like, I mean, watching this scene, I was really just like, and that's why we can't have an Iron Man suit on every corner because like we mm -hmm. wouldn't get cool car chases like this. The suits would just fly in, stop the vehicles and like we would have no fun. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I can just imagine like Sam and Bucky sitting there watching the news, you know? as all this is going down and Sam is like, we got to go help and grabs the shield and Bucky just grabs his arm and goes, no, this is his character arc. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's got to do this for himself. Yeah. We'll join up again in armor wars or something. No, Sam, he's got a sidekick. We can't interfere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I dropped my car. <laughs> Man, but cool yeah, car chase. And then uh, after that's when they uh, ride on the subway, right? Mm -hmm. That was pretty funny. Kate worrying um, about the dog. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Kate worries about the dog. Clint tells her that she is like, you are one of the world's best archers. And then like, literally repeats exactly what she said about the dog because he can't hear anything she's saying anyway. <laughs> I like yeah. that scene. I thought it was pretty funny. 
um, <laughs> the parent in me got kind of emotional when Clint's kid called and Clint couldn't hear him because his ear, uh, his uh, hearing aid was still pretty messed up right. and him trying his hardest. And you could see the emotion on his face when this was going on. And I, I give Jeremy Renner all kinds of props because I think he portrayed that emotion very well. Um, cause like I, from my own personal experience, like anytime, uh, I had gone on vacation or I've been away from home for multiple days and I can't get in contact with my kids. Um, it, it tears you up and to know that he's right there talking to his child, but can't hear him. And then. I think he gained a lot of respect for Kate when she started writing it down so that he could um, convey his feelings. There was a whole, how, how do you say that? There was a whole like moment between them. It was Uh, like, it was like a little bonding experience basically just the fact that she like knew that she had to like come in and help real quick. <laughs> Cause at first he's like thinking he's talking to his wife. She's like, no, no little kid, little kid. <laughs> uh, Sir John says Avengers don't punch in cards. I guess Spider-Man will not cover any shifts too busy taking vacations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No heroes around the world. Uh, if they see someone, actively involved in a mission but they weren't invited they just don't care yep it's the unwritten book of the road so guess what happens next they uh take the subway back to the ants apartment which is their hideout and decide to break into her mom's penthouse yeah yeah uh and you know she tries to hack into the security system i believe she gets in a little bit of the way before it cuts her off and then clint goes walking around the corner and gets a sword to his throat and it is ronan's sword yeah gets a whole face full of his own sword i was (laughs) Part of me was really hoping to see some of Jack Duquesne's skills because it's like, I didn't, I was expecting it to be more along the lines of like, Clint doesn't know who Jack is. Jack's got Ronan's sword to his neck. It's, you know, you get that stereotypical first meeting fight, but we didn't get that. Right. No, I think, um, He's a little obscure. Most of the viewers aren't going to see and hear like Jack Duquesne and think swordsman. Like people that don't read comics aren't going to know that there's like even a villain named swordsman. They're not, they're not going to know that he's a mutant. They're not going to know that he has a twin sister that he can create energy beams with. If he's like holding her skin, they're not going to know that she died and he skinned her and wrapped his sword handle in her skin. That way he could still use his power. 
like swordsman is a <laughs> goofy character dude he is a weird weird villain um he's got a bit of a grim backstory but um i don't think they're gonna play that up at all but yeah his mutant power was uh activated by like physical touch with his sister and then when she died he like skinned her and wrapped his mm. sword handle with her skin so that he could keep using his power that's messed up uh sir john tells us a marvel joke sharon carter says i'm the broker kate's mom cut off kate says my mom cut off my credit cards i'm broker (laughs) good god and we were talking about that earlier about how like she suffers no repercussions for any of the negative things she did her mom cut off her credit cards and she maybe got kicked out of uh school but you know there's that why not Mm-hmm. Gosh, Armand. Armand might be the armadillo. I don't know. I'd have to double check what armadillo's name is. But Armand might have been a villain. But yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, that was episode four three. to the throat, and that was it. Yeah, I feel like we sh- we've seen episode four, but I feel like we should hold off on the discussion uh the next time we get together we'll have like two or three episodes to discuss again mm-hmm. um and hopefully our other co-host josh will be back with us uh for yeah, that episode he, as well yeah he was gonna try and uh hop in when he got home but uh this episode, i don't know this episode went pretty smoothly there's not mm. a whole lot of like nuance to really get into and break down with this one like I feel like with WandaVision, we had tons and tons of like theorizing and what ifs. Yeah. Um, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, we were breaking down all sorts of like social commentary with it as well. Um, this one's really like just kind of fun, straightforward, mm-hmm. depowered superhero romp. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, so. I think we should probably do a rating for this at least I see for me, episode one and two are kind of one episode They were released at the same time. I watched them both at one right then, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was one continuous story for that, for me. Um, I, I like the show. Do I think it was, it's as good as its predecessors? Probably not. I. It's definitely better than Modoc. Um. I. I think for me, I'm gonna have to give episode one and two combined. Um. Seven quivers. Hmm. Right on. Right on. I would um. I feel like I'd, I'd concur with that. Solid seven for those. I think episode three definitely stole the show for me. Yeah, the the cinematography in that, and it had definitely had more emotional basis for me. Uh, I would, I would definitely go probably eight point five uh, quivers <laughs> on that. I'd give it a nine. I'd give it a nine. I feel like uh, 
it's an important episode. Uh, it's mm. our first like look at Echo's backstory. We've already had it confirmed that she's getting her own solo series. Um, she's such a she's a very important character in the comics. So it's really interesting that they're starting her out as a villain. Um, but I think that might be accurate because I feel like in the comics, if I remember correctly, she's Kingpin's adopted daughter or like niece, one of the two. Um, yeah, she ends up being like Daredevil's sidekick. She ends up with the Phoenix Force. Like, yeah, really interesting. So this is like pretty important episode because it introduces her. She is the adopted daughter of Kingpin. Yeah, see. Which would make sense if her uncle took her in afterwards. Mm. See, and they might be playing it differently too. Like, um, like because they didn't kill off Vanessa, did they? Mm-hmm. In the... No, like... she, she left. Yeah, so I, I mean, like... So, I mean, she could even be, like, related to... Vanessa and then Kingpin adopts her because they, you know, get married. They could, yeah, you know, they could, um, they could wedge it in. So with that, because we know we're getting Matt Murdock back probably means we're getting Vincent D'Onofrio on that. Do you think that our first big look at Matt Murdock returning is going to be an echo then? Nah, I think I think we're gonna get him in this. Like, I think we're gonna get Matt Murdock back in this show. <laughs> the, at the end hope. of the show, they're hope. all. I can hope. At the end of the show, they're all in legal trouble. So Matt Murdock shows up. Nah, next episode. Next episode, Matt Murdock shows up and starts fighting people off. Fully Daredevil <laughs> suited out. Okay. And Kingpin okay. descends. I think you're aiming a little high on that. I, you know, I think this is a, a good ending point. Um, so I want to take a second to thank everyone in chat that showed up. Sir John, thank you for stopping by. Jesse, thank you as always. Um, if you guys haven't done so yet, go check out twistmyarmnetwork.com. Uh, lots of great things coming down the pipe. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, take a look at Ricky from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Sorry, my, my throat's going there. Uh, and then Josh, Josh will be returning soon enough, but you can catch some of his older episodes of Quest Me. Uh, you can also catch him on older episodes of Sun But Inevitable. I think he is actually co-hosting the Logan Run, a uh, new episode of Sun But Inevitable with host Jesse. I'm having a real hard time, so feel <laughs> free to take over, Chip. <laughs> yeah, we've got all those endeavors uh, coming down the pipe or already available um just uh you can check us out on twist my arm network yeah twist twist my arm podcast.com um we've got all the links there that's basically the best place to go um got merch got old episodes announcements about stuff coming up yeah it's basically your go-to mm-hmm. and you know unfortunately we're at the point where we have no new trailers that you know haven't been seen everyone's seen spider-man and now they're just running the tv promos 
which mm-hmm. are giving little bits at a time. But uh, so we're not going to end off on a trailer. I think we're just going to say farewell and yep. good night. I'm Roy. And I'm Chip. Have a great night. Yeah, have a great night, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time, you marvelous monsters. Thank you for listening to Marvel Canon Madness. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Madness. Send us your questions and theories on Twitter at MCM underscore pod and on Instagram at Marvel Cannon Madness. Watch and chat live at twitch.tv slash TMA games or youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast. Marvel Cannon Madness is a twist my arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. 